Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 41 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less! (laughs) My name is Courtney, and this week I got kicked out of a bar. Ooh, my name is Lydia, and this week I got my nails done. Ah, and <laughs> they look so pretty. Yay, tell us about the color. You. For I mean, this is a not yeah. a visual experience for most people. So tell us about it. You make a good point. So I really do need to be quite descriptive with this stuff. Okay, guys. So basically, I went to this like cool nail place with my friend. And it's always those like dungeon looking nail places that Mm -hmm. do the best job. So we go to this dungeon place and they're just like ready to kill it. And my nail tech. Okay, this I don't I don't know if this is going to sound sexist, but he was a dude and I've never seen a dude nail tech before. So I was like, whoa, this is so interesting. And this is so cool. And he did a great job, too. And I asked him to like make it shorter when he was like asking me about the length or whatever Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah like can we go a little bit shorter and then he pretended to cut my finger off it was so funny (laughs) honestly though like i feel that i feel that judgment because i feel like (laughs) i don't know i feel like a lot of people like really long nails but i i I personally don't love that like the first time i ever got like extensions on i swear to god they were like a tiny bit longer than my actual like natural (laughs) nail because i was like wow like this feels so weird and like so long and unnatural and mm-hmm. you feel the judgment when you're like a, a little bit shorter please no just a, and they're like why did they're i like, even put this on your I, finger like yeah. <laughs> exactly but i can't handle long nails because mm-hmm. i don't normally have long nails ever so i was like oh, yeah it needs to go a little shorter and he was like making a little joke ski and i was like oh no that's so funny and um, i ended up getting brown nails they're almond shaped mm-hmm. and they are super cute i thought it was going to be like this metallic brown color because the bottle was a metallic brown oh. but it was just a regular brown and then there was this whole drama with like i originally was supposed to get a design but then once we got there i chickened out of getting a design and i just wanted to go for something basic so i told him i want something basic like just one color and he was like just one color and i was like yeah just one color and then he opened up his phone showed me the app where i booked the time and he was just like design is two hours and it's like 90 dollars or something like that and he was like just nails is like one hour and i was like oh oh my god like i'm so sorry like i guess i (laughs) fucked up his schedule or something like that needless to say i gave him a really big tip because he made me feel guilty and also he did a great job but still it was mostly the guilt trip so Mm -hmm. 30 (laughs) percent shout out (laughs) but yeah i mean it was it's just like That's a part of the nail experience Mm -hmm. is like getting a little bit guilt tripped and like feeling a little weird about being there. I I always I've never had like a nail experience that was just like smooth. You know, it was always something, (laughs) but it's fine. We love being out. I love going outside. (laughs) Socializing with people is amazing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm happy to have my nails back. Nail confidence. Good. Good. Yeah, they're nice. They kind of look red on this like. Ooh, a zoom screen they look a little mm-hmm. ready that's like good them. that's good yeah i thought they were going to be this like metallic color that would be a little bit brown a little bit purple mm-hmm. but it just is you pretty matte <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so i don't know what happened there but whatever i, I don't want to go back again <laughs> until the next time i'm ready to get my nails done again you know like i hate being like no i hate that color i'm always like yep that's fine let's just go with it <laughs> i don't want to it's a gen z thing we're like yeah, yeah. great that's exactly what i wanted you go home and you're like these are so ugly (laughs) (laughs) you just don't have i just can't do it i just can't do it thank you and give a big fat tip 
get on your way. I'm sorry for inconveniencing yeah, exactly. you with my service, <laughs> like with my business. I'm so sorry for getting in the that way of your day. Ex- that was exactly my experience. As a paying like, customer, works there, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm your customer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And yeah, that's all for me. How about you, badass beach? Get kicked out of bars? God, the world just opened. <laughs> it sounds so much worse than it actually is. I hardly got kicked out of a bar. Um, I went out for drinks and we sat on the patio and like also on the patio there was a mouse. Oh weird side story. And he kept like running at us and then last minute like deking out, like psyching us out. So we'd be like, ah! <laughs> and then he would like run the other way. So it was a little bit um he was really cute, so but like cute. you know, you don't want like a mouse like on your foot. Yeah, at a restaurant. Definitely. So super gross. That was exciting. Um, and then <clears throat> I think it's just like a COVID thing that patios have to like stop serving alcohol and I guess close at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was around like eleven thirty. It wasn't even that late. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened to me last time too. It was super and, early. Like, I was like, yeah, it was just us, and we were still like kind of drinking. And the security guard came over, and just the way that he like initiated the conversation, like he would like went into it like already wanting to fight. Oh. As if, like, we were fighting him back. Like, it was just kind of, like, we, we were so nice. Like, we didn't even know that we had to leave. But yeah. he was like, yeah, guys, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm respectfully asking you to leave now. Oh. And we were like, uh, yeah, no no problem. <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah, like, I know, I know. I'm just, I got to respectfully ask you to go. And we were like, whoa. That's no, no problem, my dude. Like... <laughs> You didn't have to say respectfully. We you were did. already being pretty respectful. Yeah. I mean, you could just ask us yeah, to leave. You could just like <laughs> say, hey, guys, it's time, you know, patio's closing. There was no explanation Government like that. He was rules. just like, respectfully got to ask you to go. And we're like, oh, sir, sir. Okay. So it kind of felt like I was getting kicked out because yeah. he was like so hostile about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, just living off of that high, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Getting kicked like out. Maybe that, he did that on purpose. He knows Maybe. people like to feel He's like, like people they, need they excitement. Out. Yeah, We're going to talk exactly. about this on their podcast. <laughs> Not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I love that, man. It's good to know that even security guards are, like, struggling with this new, like, interaction mm. with strangers all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels like everyone's out in the world again for yeah. the first time. Like, that's... I mean, that's exactly what's going on. Like, yeah. no one also, remembers how to talk to people. I feel like, um, like anti-vaxxers and stuff like that, like people or people who are against lockdowns. Maybe he gets like mm-hmm. a lot of people that fight back about it. Yeah, and like a so lot of went in defensive. Yeah, maybe he had like yeah. a bad night. Maybe he was fighting with a lot of people because it was like one of the first nights that they're doing um, vaccine like passports. Passports slash show me the PDF. <laughs> yeah, ours is a that's screenshot what it's like for us. Yeah, this is a screenshot of a QR code, and then they scan the QR code, oh. and it takes you to our name, and then you just have to show a piece of ID with our name. <laughs> what like, the hell? So weird. That's a interesting weird way to do this. Sounds sounds mm-hmm. easy to fake. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I think that we should just start calling people who are faking vaccine passports. Nothing against people who aren't getting vaccines. Totally your right to decide not to, but like also. If you're not getting your vaccine, like, stay at home, you know, take the precautions. Anyways, um, I think people who are faking their vaccine cards, we should just start calling them, like, undocumented. <laughs> because I think I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Because funny. a lot of people who are, like, really, like, anti-vaxxers are kind of, like, Republicans who are against Ooh. people, like, faking documents and undocumented yeah. immigrants. Um, like, ah, oh, those damn so undocumented people. it's just how the turntables. So I want to start calling <laughs> the them undocumented. Table. I think I like that. That's the appropriate 
way too afraid of them. That's kind of hilarious. I mean, yeah. they're gonna hate it so much. But it's the undocumented. It's kind of true in a it. literal yeah, sense. It's, you don't it's have a document. True. Yeah, you don't. You don't have it. You, yeah, you're an undocumented. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Oh man, I heard the other day. This is just on topic of the vaccine. Some mm-hmm. this is someday this will age very gracefully because we can look back on it in like ten years and be like, ah, oh, remember when like this was our problem? I heard that apparently um, Pfizer only lasts for six months, and that yeah. if you get the mixed, if you get Moderna and Pfizer or Pfizer and like Johnson Johnson, whatever one of the other ones, then it lasts for longer and it's actually stronger than just the pure Pfizer Pfizer, which is what they recommended for like our. I know group. everyone wanted <laughs> Pfizer. Everyone yeah, was like, I, I went was... out of my way to get double Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, I had like people at my vaccine thing like asking them what vaccine they were giving out that day and like they wouldn't tell anyone because people were like leaving if they heard it wasn't Pfizer yeah (laughs) yeah everyone is like oh wait it wasn't Pfizer that I wanted we we done goofed and then you're not allowed into the states unless you have like the same vaccine or something like that I mean yeah I guess so I have like a wedding to go to so it would be nice if my family Uh, could come too but it's so annoying because it's like now I'm the weaker one like I went out of my way because I was like I'm gonna be the strongest bitch here you know Pfizer as a queen yeah and now what what was the point what of that what are you gonna do come on guys we tried our best just to like, like be I've the been... best vaccinated yeah. people out there <laughs> it's like the opposite I feel like I've been of take it back we're like wait can i get another come on <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, this is it's just like and it's perfect ammo too for people who are like not like don't trust the vaccines or whatever because then they're like oh see how see how news changes see how science changes like first you thought it was going to be so strong and now it's not even the strongest thing that you could be doing like you should be mixing the vaccines instead of this instead of that blah 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 you know it's just annoying how science can change like that is one thing that i that i really really resonates with me i'm like dude okay i get it like i hate that the 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 research isn't stable and science Mm. changes and like things change as we get more statistics and stuff like that annoying (laughs) i don't it is annoying (laughs) but that's also like how conspiracy theories become such a thing like we were talking about this i think it was not last week but the week before that Mm -hmm. about how like conspiracy theories provide stability and like a clear answer whereas particularly in a situation like this like the science it needs time to have Mm -hmm. clear answers so it's like harder to convince people yeah yeah totally i wish i had like more stability and stuff like that what conspiracy (laughs) theory should i get into um like the government is always right g (laughs) (laughs) no yeah the 5g one that could be yeah that one's pretty good (laughs) yeah i could get into that all right guys (laughs) let's get let's get crazy let's just start believing some crazy conspiracy theories sometimes that's what this podcast leads me to yeah like You'll tell me a conspiracy theory, and I'm like, oh my god, that is facts. Such a logical explanation that is obviously, for that situation. Yeah, yeah, it just makes so much sense. <laughs> I'm looking for a scapegoat, I'm looking for something to blame my problems on, and perfect. We live in a black hole. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one still makes a lot of sense to me. That one is yeah. like resonates with me a lot. The whole like descending into chaos since 2012. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it, it does seem right. And for so long, it's been lie? a meme. Uh, but the meme is the meme is true. You know, there is no lie. They were right all along. They're like, ah, oh, 2012 was the last best year. It's like, yeah, yeah, it was. It's probably a good point. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, CERN reopen again. God, <laughs> save us from this madness. 
<laughs> All right. I'm going to jump into my opinion. Okay. <clears throat> so this week, I wanted to talk to y'all about the psychology of Costco, um, Costco, which is actually super interesting. And normally, I'm, like, very, like, you know, anti-corporation. This is a cult. You know, like, I love exposing corporations. And this is kind of exposing a corporation, but I actually... I, I don't completely hate it. It's kind of cool what they did. Oh, and out of, like, all big box stores and stuff like that, Costco treats their... I've heard. I've never worked there. But from what I've heard, Costco treats their employees really well. Pays them really well. Too. Gives them really good benefits. So yeah. I don't... I'm not completely against Costco. I don't completely yeah. hate it. Um, awesome. So basically, Costco's, like, entire business model is very counterintuitive. Like, if you were to tell somebody about their business model to somebody who's never heard of Costco, they'd be like, this is not a successful business. Because, one, you have to pay to shop there. Yeah. The membership. Right off the bat. What the fuck is that? Gotta pay. I have no idea. To shop there. <laughs> um, second is that the store experience is not very good. Very bare no. bones. Doesn't yeah. feel nice to be inside Costco. Very chaotic. A little confusing. <laughs> everything's ugly lighting's not good it's just like a warehouse it's just like this weird warehouse and like there's yeah. still saran wrap on everything yeah like everything right? is in boxes no signs like totally. to tell you what's in what aisle like it's just very not a good shopping experience yeah. and oops number three is um that most products are sold in amounts that no one really ever needs <laughs> you don't need to buy that much of most of those things yeah. like some of those things the things that don't go bad non-perishables fine but yeah. like yeah who needs to buy like six tubs of yogurt? You know, like it's gonna go <laughs> yeah, bad. That's a lot of yogurt. I know. <laughs> um, and so Even basically, items that are like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What, what were you using? Um, I haven't shopped at Costco in a long time, but mm -hmm. I know that sometimes people will buy like eighteen lampshades, and it's like, what are you gonna do with, with that much stuff? I know. <laughs> like, I if know. you need a light bulb, you buy like two light bulbs. You know, but why do you need 18 of them? Like, these people must have huge houses where mm. they have, like, a mini Costco in their basements. <laughs> because I don't know how this shit works. Yeah, I know. Where do you keep it all? It's just far too many things. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, basically, the company actually uses um, behavioral psychology to get people hooked, to get people shopping there. Um, and so, they use a psychological concepts like scarcity the sunk fallacy cost, and reciprocity. Okay. Um, as well as their store layout and their selling strategy. And these are all the things that kind of make Costco successful, even though it really should not be, because it is not It is not a logical <laughs> thing. So the first one that we're going to get into is the scarcity. Um, so they create scarcity through their membership scheme. Really? Because this was like the first red flag that we were like, uh-uh, people pay to shop somewhere. It doesn't make sense. But yeah. It's actually one of the things that contributes to their success. So I'm sure everyone knows, but for those of you who don't know, to shop at Costco, you have to be a member. Um, and these memberships can cost you between $60 to $120 annually. And you get uh -huh. like a little card and it has your picture on it. And it's very cool and exciting. Oh, wow. um, in 2020, they made 105.5 billion customers. Um, and... This brought in, like, a revenue of $3.5 billion just through their membership Oh, my fees. God. <laughs> but the renewal rate of memberships is 90%. So it's not – most of the people who are, like, buying memberships are renewing it. So they're 
maintaining customers. They're bringing wow. a few on, but they're maintaining people. So people are like happy about it. It's not yeah. some sort of scheme. Um, okay. And then there's this like quote that I wrote down of this like professor trying to explain it. Um, so he said, when our freedom to have something is limited, the item becomes less available. We experience an increased desire for it. So the fact that you yeah. have to pay I to be like there, mm-hmm. um, like creates this like psychology in people that they want it more because it's like more exclusive and there's like less yeah. of it and it's a special experience. So that's mm. why people start to pay it. And then there's this whole like group mentality thing where if you're the only person who's not sho- shopping at Costco, you see like your neighbors come home and they found a really good deal on like paper towels and suddenly like you have this FOMO and you really want it and really need it, but you can't get it because you don't have the membership. So then you have to buy the membership. So it just creates like this whole exclusivity thing that makes it really attractive. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like a it's like a greed, like jealousy almost type of a mindset. They're like playing on these like evil parts of people that are like, I have to keep up with my neighbor. Like if my neighbor Mm -hmm. gets this, then I have to get that too, type of thing. Oh, that's and they like make the whole experience special. Like the whole like checking um like your costco card when you walk in and it's like oh. a black card with like costco on it like executive member like it's very fancy yeah um so i think they kind of like feed off of that a little bit and then to kind of go off of the whole like fomo thing is that costco is also constantly like rotating their um items they don't always have the same thing in stock so this mm-hmm. also creates a sense of scarcity because people are there and they see something that they want. And it's not like at a normal grocery store when you can be like, I'll get that next week when I need it. Yeah. You're like, what if they don't have this thing next week and I really want it? So then you buy like a little bit more when you're there because if you oh. see something that you like, you buy it in case it's not there next week. Oh, my God. That's so smart. Right? Oh, That's genius. I think clothing retailers do that too, Loki. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I, I don't remember which retailer it is, but they have, like, a four-week cycle or something like that, where it's just, like, new clothes every four weeks on the shelves. Like, even if they're not good, like, you ain't never seeing those clothes again. <laughs> that's kind of, that's a little bit like um, Lululemon, because they release new products oh, yeah. every single week, mm-hmm. and they have new markdowns every single week. So things yes. are, like, constantly, and they don't tell people when they're, like, taking an item out so people get scared when they find their like favorite item and they buy a lot of it because they don't want it to like disappear oh my god are always coming out and they have to make room for them somehow so they like take oh god the consumer is just oh man (laughs) being a consumer is fucking crazy (laughs) it's wild out there it really is (laughs) all right so the second um psychological thing behavioral psychology theory whatever that they use is called the sunk (laughs) fallacy cost um or the sunk cost fallacy sorry and so this is basically a theory that states that people are more likely to commit to an activity if they've made a significant financial or time investment oh yeah so how that plays into costco is the membership people have to invest to shop there um, so even in like cases with the sunk cost fallacy, mm. even if the investment isn't paying off, you start to try to like mentally justify the activity because of this investment that you made because you want it to pay off. Yeah. Um, so when people get a Costco membership, they want their money's worth. So they start buying things that like they usually wouldn't need to justify the fact that they like paid to be there. What the To make hell? it worth it. People want to make it worth it that they like 
bought so the membership. So they buy more shit? That's so they buy so more because trippy. they're like, I'm getting a deal on this, therefore saving X amount of money, therefore making, making it more worth it. For the cost isn't, of the membership. That's isn't that so wild? Trippy. Oh my God. I can't believe that. <gasps> and studies actually show that people game. who are members at Costco buy more and shop more frequently than people yeah. who shop elsewhere, which is ironic because Costco sells sells things in bigger quantities. So technically yeah, you should be going a lot less. Yeah. But no, you go more frequently and you buy more things. Because you're like, well, we have to make up for this membership. Like we're spending money mm-hmm. on something. I, that's crazy. You're spending money on spending money. Yeah. You're spending money to justify the money that you spent. To make the money that you spent worth it, you're spending more money. Uh, make it but somehow it works (laughs) somehow it works costco is actually better at selling items per square foot than any other like big box store grocery store okay Mm -hmm. that's so fucked up what a weird mental mind game like kind of cool though yeah yeah i mean they they won at capitalism mm-hmm. like they won they oh yeah <laughs> that 100%. is player one like first place shit three times in a row type of energy you know and i'm here for it i love it it's so annoying <laughs> yeah but cool. cool but yeah also very cool i love the little psycho- psychological games people play to make us buy things they're so interesting so cute you know? i'm like oh <laughs> Oh, you think you know what my deepest, darkest desires are? Oh, that's Let's so see. cute. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how much money I can spend there. My parents used to have a Costco membership and like they thought it was going to make them like really good because they were broke when they first like came to Canada or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is going to be great. Like Costco, you know, everything is in bulk and everything is cheap. And they ended up spending more money and they yeah. had like they were broke in the first place. And then they were more broke after the whole Costco fiasco and they had to stop going to Costco. But it just makes no sense because like buying in bulk should be for people who like need mm. things in bulk to be cheaper. But it's not like that. <laughs> it's for yeah. the rich. <laughs> I know we shop at Costco now. We have a Costco yeah. membership, um, and I gotta say it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy going to Costco. It's like you a fun do? experience. The psychology totally works on me. <laughs> at the beginning, we were spending a lot more on groceries, but like we've gotten really good at now at like buying only what we need, strategic, and, like, eating that one thing for a while. Um, yeah. So we've gotten like a little bit better at actually making it worth it not spending more to make it worth it but like actually making it worth it at costco like the whole experience experience is just fun like i like i love going to costco and like walking around and seeing everything and like yeah it's a fun experience they have samples at costco right okay that's okay that's the next thing i'm gonna get into hold on so the next thing um the next like psychological uh method that they use is reciprocity um so that is the samples the free samples um, one study in a grocery store showed that uh, giving samples drove product sales up by as much as 2,000%. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. because it kind of, it, it hacks humans, like it hacks the human brain because in most cultures, um, we have this idea of reciprocity where it's a social oh. norm of like responding to one positive action with another positive action. Like that's just how we're conditioned and that's how like our culture works most people's culture works that's just how social human life is is that if someone gives something to you you do something in return yeah so when people give you free samples 
you are you more feel... likely to buy the item because you feel like that person gave you something and you need to do something in return. And that is like buying the thing from them to show your gratitude. Wow. That's yeah. so smart. It's like hospitality. So you invite someone over to to your home or if you get, get invited mm-hmm. somewhere and then it's like, okay, they give you snacks and tea, but it's like you have to bring your bottle of wine exactly. or also your snacks to like yeah. make it even almost, like even yeah. it out a little bit. Wow. The funny thing though about Costco right now is that they have samples, but you can't have them. They just like, they're there to look at okay. So you could look at the food. What the fuck? <laughs> because of like COVID, they can't give out mm-hmm. the samples. So they still have the sample people, but you can't, you can't have them. <laughs> They're just there to look at, which is kind of funny. But... I wonder if it still works. <laughs> um, and then there was this actually example of like the whole reciprocity principle. And it was from the hair Krishnas, which is like a religious sect. Um, and after they came to the U.S., they found that they needed donations uh, to kind of to operate. And they were really unsuccessful at getting donations when they were just, like, asking for donations. No one would donate to them. And then they started this new thing where they would give away free flowers and books on the street. And their donations, like, skyrocketed. They were getting so many donations just because they were giving something. People felt like they had to do something in return. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of how you can, like, hack human psychology. (laughs) If you need something, like, donations, give someone something. If you want them to buy your product, give the free sample. It works. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking cool. I don't even... Ah, right? Damn, these people right. are geniuses. Hmm. All right. The next one is their selling strategy. This one's not like a psychological like theory, but it is something that they do. Um, so they have like a strong belief that every deal feels like winning. Um, <laughs> and every... This is something that I kind of, I guess, like almost respect about them is that every item on their shelf is meant to be the best in that category. So they don't have a lot of selection. They don't have like seven different types of olive oils. They have one Mm -hmm. type of olive oil, but that olive oil is the best deal that you can get. Oh, Um, that's nice. Yeah. They do the work for you. Yeah. And they have a very like careful equation of the lowest price that they can sell something at that feels like a win for customers, but obviously they can still make profits off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this famous, famous example of when they started selling, I think it was like Kelvin Klein jeans at mm-hmm. Costco for like $15. <laughs> and they sold out in like a couple of days. Like it was really popular. Yeah. People were like flooding like to the win. Costco's. And then in an interview, um, they asked like the CEO person of Costco, they were like, okay, like, next time you do this, are you going to raise the prices? Because obviously, like, this works so well. And he was like, no. Like, most places will raise the prices to make a couple more dollars. But, like, we're going to keep the prices the same to keep the loyalty of our customers because it keeps people coming back and it attracts more people to sign up in the long run. And, like, I kind of respect that, that they won't, like... Because they could. On some of their items, they could raise the prices. And they choose not to because they want people to feel like they're winning. Wow. It yeah. also feels like they really care about you, you know? It feels like they know, really like, care about the customer and they're like, thanks. we need to keep our integrity yeah. to the customer. But, but, like, they would literally be nowhere without you, you know? I wonder integrity how mad, no like, Calvin Klein about, was about that, like, exposing <laughs> well, them they like must that, exposing made... the markup. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. They must have made some sort of, like, money off it, though. Well, it was probably, like, clearance. Ah, whatever. Yeah, Calvin Klein was probably mm-hmm. pissed. 
their sales probably <laughs> went down a lot. <laughs> People were like, oh, wait, this isn't worth shit. It's it also crazy, though. You could pay like less than $15 for a pair of jeans. And we're out here paying 80 mm-hmm. for like a brand new pair of jeans. I know. That's such bullshit. Sometimes I go in there and see some of the clothes and I'm like, this brand shouldn't cost this little on a second. <laughs> or maybe it should. And like, I'm just yeah. coming to that realization. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Alrighty. The next thing is their store layout. So Costco keeps all of the necessities at the back of the store. And they keep all <laughs> their fruits and veggies and all of the things that people really need to like come every week for at the back of the store. And then they have the big ticket items at the front of the store. So you have to walk mm. by all of the big TVs. You have to walk by all of the clothes. You have to walk by all of, like, the stuff that you don't really need to buy to get yeah. to the necessities. Smart. Um, and then along the way, you also get unlimited free samples as you, in in normal life, in a yeah. non-COVID world, <laughs> um, you get unlimited free samples as you walk back there, which kind of starts that whole, like, reciprocity thing and makes you more open to consuming. Yeah, um, yeah. And Ooh, man, that's so smart. There was this thing on TikTok. I don't know if I don't know how true it is, but there's some items at Costco that they don't actually make profit off of, like their chicken. They have this like mm-hmm. famous chicken breast thing that's like four ninety nine or something. It's like a ridiculous deal, and they don't actually make any profits off of it. But it's at the back of the store, and having that deal at the back of the store actually pays off for them more because people <laughs> come just for that deal and then yeah. they see everything else while they're there and they buy more things. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so smart. <laughs> oh god. And then it feels even more exclusive too because you're yeah. like, oh, I'm the only one who knows about this. Like it's hidden at the back of the store. I know a uh-huh. secret spot that has a secret deal. Okay, that's the next thing is that the store wow. layout is confusing. It's not clear where things <laughs> are. There are no signs to be like, produce in this aisle like you know condiments in this aisle there's no signs absolutely no signs um so it kind of makes it feel like it's almost a treasure hunt when you go to costco especially like keep in mind that rotating thing how they never have like the same the same products in yeah um so every time you go you feel like you need to walk down every single aisle and look at every single item to see if you're missing out on like a good deal or a new item there Mm -hmm. um People Hold probably in. spend so much time in Costco. Like, it would be so easy to, like, get lost there. And, like, especially in the first, like, month or two when you're still learning yeah. the layout of the store. Oh, my God. And then there is this whole, um, there's this whole, like, nostalgic element to it, too. Because Costco mm. was really popular amongst boomers. Um, so a lot of, like, millennials, when they were children, their, like, family tradition on the weekend was to go to Costco. Um, and there's this very specific deal at Costco where, you know how they have like a food court in Costco? Yes. 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 Oh, that is nostalgic for me. My friend's dad had a Costco membership and like sometimes he would pick us up from school and we would go to Costco and that was like the only time I could go to Costco. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, whoa, $1.99 for a hot dog. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So it's the hot dog. It's the hot dog and Pepsi Soto combo. Was it really? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So. It's 150, I think USD is what mm. they were referring to. But that's the price that they set in 1985 and they have never changed the price on this combo. Ow. And they make very little money off of it. Very yeah. little money. But they indirectly make a lot of cash because people specifically come to Costco for that nostalgic feeling of going for a shop and then getting the the hot really dog and sitting with your family and like yeah. catching up and then all of the seating in the food court 
faces the merchandise. Oh my so while God. you're eating, you're staring at like all the deals that there are. While it keeps oh you in the store God. longer. Yeah, that's what it does. Definitely. It keeps you in Costco longer. And it also creates that whole like family nostalgia tradition, like good feelings when shopping at Costco. They did it all. Costco they did it all. Did ev- checked off every single thing <laughs> off the list. Damn. All right. The next one, this one kind of like blew my mind a little bit. So all of their like, it's very sparsely decorated, the store, right? And even Mm -hmm. like down to all of their signs, their price signs are literally pieces of paper where the price, the name and the price has been printed out and it's been stuck in like a folder, you know, those clear folders, like laminate folders and like taped to the wall. That is their (laughs) price signs. But it's to like maintain this illusion that there are no frills and everything is bottom of the line. There is no expenses spared on anything. And in their prices, they always put sevens and nines because apparently our psychology associates those numbers with a good deal. Because when something's a good deal, it's always something 99 or something 79 or whatever. So in all of their prices, they have a seven or a nine. And it makes us think that it's a good deal. That's so cool. That's <laughs> that's so right. Cool. <laughs> it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I, I love that. First of all, I like the garage sale aspect of right? Costco. That's <laughs> right? kind of cute. I I like it. I see what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. I see it. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I will subscribe to it. I don't hate that. You know, it does make me feel like there are no frills and like they're not yeah. spending ridiculous amounts of money on like special special signs and like a decoration decoration yeah display yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff or like a thing that says like sale like, everything's oh, like on luck. a slab yeah stacked on a slab that. that's what you get <laughs> what you see metal shelves you yeah I love that and they're like we literally just got this right off the truck and brought it into the store and you're like nothing okay, else perfect yeah. there was no middleman there was no nothing I love it. Mm-hmm. The sevens and nines thing, I had no idea. <laughs> I am going to watch out for that for the rest of my life because I feel mm-hmm. like I have been getting scammed a lot by this trick. <laughs> <laughs> Me every week at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, look at the deal. Oh, my God. You have to get oh, these. Oh, God. And then they're like, three seventy nine, and you're like, 79? Let's Say go. Less. Wow. Say less. I thought... Uh, this whole time i thought that those like numbers that why they did like 39 cents 99 cents 77 cents i always just thought that was something to do with tax and like once you add the tax on then it like gets to a certain point where i I don't know why yeah i always think that too but then when you purchase something it never comes out even to a number yeah so (laughs) yeah that's such a good point even when something is like something 99 i'm always like oh it's because the tax is gonna make it an even number and I then know. it's just it's it psychology. Doesn't. Wow. This is mind. Yeah. This is mind bending, kind of. Yeah. They also. Um, Why are we so easy to manipulate? I, I don't know. <laughs> we just like walk through life blind. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> People God are just it. manipulating us left, right, and yeah. center. And, we don't and we're like so it. happy about we're it. Like, oh, we're I got Costco. Real. Look at this deal. <laughs> Costco's like, it's not a deal. Well, I guess technically it is a deal because they don't make money on some of their yeah, things. Yeah, like they chicken, are marking things for down. example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they also purposely make their layout a little unnatural and disorienting to like slow you down. Yeah. And they put items, they never put items that go together in the same place. 
So oh. you have to, you're, it's like purposely sending you all over the store to find things so that you have to yeah. like walk by more things and then get more free samples and then sport, yeah. spend more time in the store and see those little signs and the 79 and then put more That's things in so your car. That's so crazy. And- like how we feel like we owe Costco something because we're paying right? to be there. We're paying to be there first of all. Like that's the first sign of reciprocity. But somehow Costco is like making that seem like it's a part of their reciprocity. Like they mm-hmm. are welcoming us to pay to be at Costco. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we're like, wow, thank you so much for letting me spend $90 a year on a membership. Here's more of my money. Thank you. How did they do that? (laughs) Yeah, it's very impressive. And I read this thing. I didn't completely understand it, so I didn't write it down. It didn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me because I'll explain it and then explain why it didn't make sense. But they were talking about how like Costco, you enter on the right side. I think it was the right side and humans naturally turn okay i don't know if it was the right side you enter in a certain direction and humans naturally turn a certain direction and they intentionally lay out the store to be the other direction so that the layout of the store is not natural oh so that you have to like very intentionally like turn different ways and kind of get like jarred and like out of your natural rhythm and then that like then you start doing all the aisles and like because you feel like you're missing something because it like disorients you a little bit yeah it does disorient yeah no i always get lost in costco when i used to go like i never knew where the fuck i was where am i going what am i doing i was like so not used to the costco experience i had no Mm -hmm. idea what direction i was freaking going i would just follow people around blindly i'm like i don't fucking know like (laughs) there's no signs i don't know where the exit is (laughs) damn that's so smart and then the final uh, thing that they do is their return policy. You can t- return pretty much anything to Costco. Oh, doesn't matter if cool. you opened it, used it, maybe eaten some of it. You can return it to Costco. They'll take pretty much anything back. Like their return policy is insane. Like, you That's can buy amazing. a paddleboard, use the paddleboard, keep <laughs> it for like a month, and return it. No way. Throw out the box, throw out the receipt. You can return it. Like. Maybe not the receipt. You might need the receipt. I don't know. Yeah. But they have a That's very so cool. lenient um, return policy, hmm. which means you can return pretty much anything, which creates a little bit more reckless spending habits. Because when you buy something, oh. you're like, it's fine. I can return it. Um, and I don't know if this part is an intentional, but the line to return things, like the customer service line, is always unreal i this wasn't in the articles but i think they purposely don't have enough return stations open yeah to like stop you from going in the line um like the other weekend we were there and um janae accidentally purchased something that he can't eat it was like pork in it and like i didn't want it i don't like it Mm-hmm. So we walked out of the store and we're like, oh, it's fine. We can return it. Like, it's Costco. Like, let's just go return it. And we, like, turned and we saw that the return line was, like, around the corner and out the store. And Whoa. we were like, it's fine. We'll just find somebody <laughs> to give it to. <laughs> so I think it's kind of intentional to, like, yeah, people hold yeah, on to the definitely. items instead of returning them. Yeah, the 100%. Like, oh. They're like, oh, it's too much of a hassle, actually. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not returning this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's so, so crazy. That's Costco, they, guys. like... They make it seem like it's mm-hmm. so easy to return something. But you feel so secure not. in your buying choices because it's like, it's fine. I could literally yeah. return it at any time. But the actual physical act of returning something is enough to just make Mm-mm. people like never want to return things. That's so smart. Yeah. Damn. Right? Like, I 
We've been bamboozled. <laughs> We've been bamboozled, but I somehow have respect for the company. Like, I don't know. I don't you know if this are is so bamboozled. brainwashing me. You are bamboozled. I have respect for, I, I know that they're brainwashing me. I know that they're brainwashing me. But at the same time, like, they are providing good prices. I respect the CEO yeah. for saying that thing where he was like, I'm not going to raise prices just to make an extra buck. Like, I'd rather keep mm-hmm. people loyal. I mean, that's respectable. And the paying, customer is paying your employees right. well that is respectful yeah i'm okay you know I- i'll shop somewhere I'll... i never minded paying a little bit more to know that like employees were being taken care of and paid yeah. properly you know so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes sense but yeah but i also sound like i have a little bit of stockholm syndrome so i don't know you might <laughs> kind of on the line with that one <laughs> Let me know what you think, guys. Is it a respectable yeah. company or am I just brainwashed? We'll see. We'll see. We don't really know. Do you feel like you look down on me because I don't have a Costco membership? Like, do you feel like you're better than me? The Honestly, silence a little is so bit. loud. Honestly, a little bit. I, I feel Fuck. a little bit better than people who don't have Costco memberships. And I know mm. that's wrong, but I don't... It, it's... Yeah. They really hacked our psychology. They sure did. I'm like, like I shop at Costco. You know? <laughs> I get special things because I shop at Costco. Yeah. You put in the money and you get value back. I don't know if it's a little bit too of like when I was a kid, like everyone shopped at Costco and like my parents, they got a Costco membership for like a couple months and then they're like, this is stupid. Like no one needs this much food. Yeah. Um, So I always felt like a little left out because like everyone like got to go to Costco and like had these special things from Costco and like. You know, they would always have, like, the same water bottles and stuff. And, like, I never got that stuff because we didn't shop at Costco. So now maybe it's just a little bit of, like, the little kid inside of me being, like, I finally can be an adult and shop at Costco and, like, be part of the club (laughs) of, like, going to Costco. So I don't don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. They even do Mm -hmm. a number on people who don't shop at Costco because now everybody feels like they're left out of going to Costco. I know. It's an an exclusive club. Oh, my fucking God. It's an exclusive club. That's so crazy. And it's not even one of those exclusive clubs that, like, sucks and everyone's like, ugh, it's just exclusive. Like, no one actually, like, that place actually sucks. I hear they don't treat people well. It's like, no, it is a good it's club a cool to club. be a part of. Yeah, yeah, they have good deals. <laughs> and it's, like, pretty accessible, you know? Yeah. It's like, anyone can enter the club. You don't need any prerequisites. Mm-hmm. You just need to be a consumer. You just need to pay them. Because everybody is a consumer. Yeah, exactly. Wow. They might be world leaders actually because they have everybody under their little thumbs Okay, guys, now it's time for the second half of the podcast. And this week, um, I'm just going to take you on a little thought journey experiment that I had. So <laughs> I don't know if it's an opinion. It's kind of started off as like a little bit of an opinion. I went to Toronto and I was standing there waiting for the tr- for, for the bus slash train, whatever I was doing. And I saw these like um, horses, like police horses in the middle of the city standing on this like patch of grass. Like it was pretty hot and they were like standing under a tree just like chilling there like doing nothing and at first as the classic person does i was like oh my god a horse (laughs) (laughs) i was so excited to see the horse and it was like it's so fun it's so interesting but then i kind of thought about it and i was like oh is this is this sad like is this kind of a sad thing like they're they have to do be in these cities Mm -hmm. they have to like poop in bags like there's so much 
stuff going on around them and they probably get so like oversensitized and they just feel super stressed out and then they can't eat the grass that they stand on because it's like against their training or whatever and that made me feel really bad but I know that like that's a well-trained horse you know like it's it yeah. knows it has food at home so it doesn't need to eat every single strand of grass in existence yeah. um, so that's like a good thing for people and like I don't know I was just like oh like is this is it sad because like I know also some little bit of horse psychology they like like to work and they enjoy feeling like they have like a purpose or something like that um apparently yeah i agree with that i don't know that's what my mom told me i heard (laughs) she's like one person uh she told me about a study that they did it was like a multi-million dollar study and the conclusion was that horses don't like to do anything they like to like they just like to eat and to eat and sleep and we were like wow that makes sense yeah that, that was a lot of money spent on something that you could have figured out by looking at them looking literally looking at a horse i know but sometimes it does seem like they like like to have a little bit of an alpha they like to like mm-hmm. know what's going on they like to like know these kinds of things so um psychology i was operating under version. the assumption that they like to have jobs and they like mm-hmm. to feel like they're like doing something and they're productive and maybe this is because this is how they've been bred and they've been like grown up around humans too because Projecting they've always had jobs for a really long time them. exactly <laughs> of course they want jobs yeah. <laughs> they want they want work <laughs> they love to work and they'll do it for free <laughs> And they'll do it for food. And so we've been projecting capitalism onto horses for millennia <laughs> before capitalism was even really a thing. So do they like to work or have they just been evolved to the point where they feel like they need to be like working for humans in order to like feel useful, in order to feel, I don't know, something. And then I was kind of like, why do we even have this? Why why are there policemen on horses, policemen and women on horses? Yeah. Like, I feel bad for them for all these reasons, you know? Like, being in the city probably isn't good for them. Like, they're probably stressed. They can't eat the grass. They can't, like, do what they're naturally supposed to do, which is nothing. Um, and then also, I feel like they're a little bit of, like, a hazard. Because, like, for example, a few years ago, there was a story in the news about this drunk person who punched a police horse in the face. And it's I feel like they don't deserve that. I feel like horses really don't deserve to be put in that position at all. They're literally just doing their jobs. Like, they don't understand what is going on. They don't understand why this shit is happening, you know? So it's it's just kind of... I was like, ah, all these factors are so sad. So I started to do some research. And Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of some saving graces here. (laughs) So first of all, in Toronto, the horses don't actually have poop bags. They just let them shit in the street wherever they want. So that they don't have to carry the shit around all day. They are free poopers. Now, this is two-sided, okay? Because first of all, good for the horses. You know, they don't have to carry around a steamy bag of shit underneath their tails all day. That's great. Shit in the streets. A lot of bikers have problems with this. (laughs) A lot of bikers. They Apparently, the horses go in the bike lanes. And then the bikers have to swerve to avoid it. And it can become a safety issue. Like, horse shit isn't, like, the same as, like, it's not as gross as other types of shit because horses just eat grass. Like, it's literally just, like, grass. Like, it's, like, slightly decomposed grass. So, I don't really have an issue with it. And I feel like they could use this to their advantage if the city really thought this through 
And instead of, like, picking up and cleaning the horse shit, they could move it over into, like, the flower beds or, like, yeah. the trees or something and just, like, use it as fertilizer. Like, it's yeah, good. literally. It's literally, good to be there. It's good. No, exactly. And that's what some of these um, police officers, one of them were, like, oh, um, you know, the poop is, like, biodegradable. It's not harmful to pets. And um, they recommend waiting for the poop to blow away in the wind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it dries up and it will. Pretty much. Yeah, 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 it It will. Or you can call 311, which is like Ontario's help phone, to have them pick up the horse poop and they'll have it done within the day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, people in in the comments of this article, they were not happy about it. They were like, no, no, the horse poop has been an issue for years. And, you know, they continue to ignore it and they continue to do nothing about it. And other people have taken your idea and talked about how useful it is for their gardens and how they just go into the street scoop up a little bit of poop and put it in their gardens and i just i feel like that is a very toronto thing to do i don't know why but it just feels like (laughs) i feel like that wouldn't happen in like new york city for example people probably wouldn't scoop horse shit off the street and then put it into their gardens that just seems like a like a toronto thing and it's just beautiful you know our culture is so beautiful canadian culture (laughs) we have a little bit more you know like grit a little bit more yeah. rough around the edges. We're yeah, like, poop? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to seize this opportunity. I hear that that's good for My the garden. My garden will only go for yeah, exactly. three months. I need I need to give it a shot. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they need to take every opportunity Before they we can freeze to have again. a garden. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? Um, so the next concern of mine was that the horses are not able to eat the grass. Um, <laughs> and I feel bad for them because yeah. I know that horses love to eat. They will do anything to snack. They will literally do anything to snack. But looking back on it, this is probably for their own health. Because the grass downtown is probably a little nasty. Mm. And there's a lot of lizard. (laughs) Lizards. Excuse me. In downtown. I I was reading the word litter litter and hazards. And I mixed litter and hazards. (laughs) And the lizards, guys. You know. Don't want them eating those lizards. There is both all of those things, all of the above. (laughs) Fuck. So, I mean, you know, it's probably for their own safety that they, like, don't do it. And it's the sign of a well-trained horse that they, like, feel like they can chill and that they don't need to eat every second of the day. They're not constantly distracted by food. So that's kind of a good thing. Makes me feel like maybe they are all well-fed when they get back to, like, their stables or whatever. Good for them, you know? Proud of the horses. The next bit of controversy that I discovered. Controversy. Controversy is about horseshoes so this isn't really an issue with the public on how they feel about uh police horses this is within we're getting deep into the horse police community community yeah exactly a little bit of a horse girl episode this week (laughs) (laughs) so horseshoes right Mm -hmm. horses started wearing shoes when they started like patrolling the streets and when concrete became a thing because that's not really what they were born to walk on they were born to walk on soft earth and like soft grass and like be able to do these kinds of things and we helpful human beings decided let's nail metal (laughs) to their hooves to like make it easier for them to walk and like to reduce the amount of wear and tear that happens on their hooves and stuff like that and it also helps with traction in the streets it alleviates pressure um put on them by the hard ground and it like protects their nail Mm -hmm. from cracking and that can like cause a lot of issues in a horse Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so all these things are positive things and this is kind of the reason why we started to like give horses horseshoes i suppose especially in um like cities and stuff 
But this man from Houston, mm. he discovered. Well, uh, well, hold on, let me let me let me pull up this guy's name because this guy was crazy. Sergeant Sokolowski discovered Ooh. one day that all the horses in the patrol unit in Houston, which was 26 horses, which also we have 25 horses in Toronto, and Aww. and and then that squiggly line, seven in BC, which I thought was weird because like either you have seven horses or you don't have seven horses. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why they put the squiggly line. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We don't know. Anyways, so <laughs> two of them look the exact same. We don't <laughs> We're know. Sure which we one is the same. Are they the same? Swap about. We only see them sometimes. <laughs> it might, might be seven. Might be eight. It's so little know. though. Like we have twenty-five in Toronto. BC has like seven horses. Like, bruh. um. So anyway, so this guy discovered like his horse Shadow had a problem with its legs and it was having like this sort of issue. It was a four year old horse and it was a police horse. And he was like, I don't understand why this horse is having all these problems with its tendons. And it's like an abscess or something like that. Like it had a lot of issues and it was almost about to be retired at the young age of four years old. Horses can live to be like 35 years old and they almost had to like retire this horse and like let it live on a farm for the rest of its days, which honestly the horse probably would have loved. But yeah, he probably... <laughs> Yeah, plan. <laughs> um, so this guy was like as a last resort he started looking into like natural like healing for horses and how their hooves are like just natural ways to care for their hooves and stuff like that so he took the mm-hmm. shoes off of the horse and saw a huge improvement the shadow the which is the horse's name was much more confident um and like every step that he took was like really good and he felt like he was walking with a lot more confidence and like his problems his tendon problems and his abscess went away within like a couple of months and this guy this sergeant was like i feel like my eyes have been opened up to the truth horseshoes are detrimental to horses and we've been doing it to them for so long that we don't even remember why we just do it because that's just like something that you do but no one's been doing any recent studies or anything like that to try to figure out if this is actually the best way so he did this experiment on a couple Mm -hmm. other horses and um uh sorry i completely lost my train of thought so he did this experiment and um he got it to work uh, on like two or three other horses and he said that there was this one other horse who like took a really long time to recover and like took a really was really sick for a long time it was sick for like uh, years or something and it would only work once a month and he said that once he took the shoes off the horse happily returned to work five days a week this guy's shame. i wonder if it's like a human shoe yeah. situation you know how like shoes make us yeah. weaker and we like think they're better i also never understood like how does metal on concrete equal that's more what traction? i never understood either in I'm... my head it should make yeah. it slippier i would not be comfortable because right? like it's very hard and slippy yeah. metal that like a horseshoe is and then on like hard i concrete. have no idea and especially if it's like rainy how is or that wet like how is that adding any traction whatsoever yeah i feel like I feel like the bottom of like a hoof is more like mm-hmm. rough, so there's more friction, so that offers better traction yeah. than a slick piece yeah. of metal. <laughs> and I think like the horse can f- just feel slip everything slides. more and like feel the actual ground underneath their hooves instead of like this weird piece of metal yeah, yeah. in between and stuff like that. And apparently, the vibration of the metal on the concrete actually destroys living tissue. So you're not doing your horse any favors. <laughs> I know. Oh. Is that so sad? 
He sounds yeah. ouchy. So after a couple of years of doing these experiments, this guy, this Sergeant Sokolovsky, had the entire horse fleet, um, like barefoot is what they call. <laughs> and sometimes they wear like hoof boots if like something is like especially difficult oh. for them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Their medical bills went down. Mm-hmm. Their logs weren't filled with tripping and abscessing and tendon issues and back issues and even mm-hmm. behavioral problems went away. Because these horses didn't have these shoes on them anymore. They just felt the ground with their bare horse feet the way Mother Nature intended. (laughs) On concrete. (laughs) Yeah. In the middle of a city. The way Mother Nature intended, (laughs) goddammit. Doing police work in a yeah, capitalist society like, as an animal. Horses got completely <laughs> fucked over by capitalism, you know? They did. Holy Not shit. Only- they were just enjoying no. their time and man was like, let's put you to work. Hey. Yeah. And let's give you this shoe <laughs> that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> let's make your life even harder by giving you this shoe. Like, so that sucks. That really sucks. And even more recently, yeah. the same place in Houston got rid of like the bits or like the mouthpieces that goes inside horses' mouths. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they're just, like, obsessed with, like, letting horses be as close to Mother Nature as they can while still doing their jobs. So, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. So, anyway. You know, I don't, I don't understand police horses. I don't really get it either. But this brings me to my next point, which was, why do we even have, Mm -hmm. like, mounted police units anymore? Like, why? What is the point? It's, it's, they just don't really seem like they belong in society anymore. At all. We have cars. Bikes. so many cars like so many reasons why they shouldn't exist and like it, it just seems like it's a showy thing it seems like they just do it to show off that they have a horse unit mm-hmm. maybe i read an article that was like oh it's a little bit it's a little piece of our history and it's like a little piece of where we came yeah. from blah 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 there they do it for like ceremonies they do it for shows i totally get that for ceremonies and because shows that's that's, that's, that's such cool. a that's such a positive history that we have the rcmp they did so many good things Oh, she said it. <laughs> yeah. We had such a history mm-hmm. we really want We to love celebrate. to be reminded mm-hmm. of that shit every Put day. Put it to the forefront. Yeah. Such such a good Ugh. such a good part yeah. of our history. Yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think we need, we need them. them either. Let me tell you about uh I heard Oh, sorry. It, go ahead. I heard once that it was like an intimidation I thing. I have that like, written down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like, people, like, if you want to, like, get into a crowd or something like that, people will move out of the way of a horse and people won't, like, move out of the way of, like, a bike or, like, a person Mm -hmm. or... But I gotta believe that police should be able to do their jobs without intimidation. Yeah. Like, they already have a gun and a taser and maybe the goal of police officers shouldn't be to intimidate people but it should be to make people feel comfortable. yeah and that's that ho- the horses just, just literally play at both ends of this thing because it's like such an intimidating mm. animal and like um i'll just take mm. you through it so one of the biggest reasons that they say they have in like i looked up there's only about 10 articles in existence on police horses and i looked at every single one of them and the top reason for all of them was crowd control Apparently, there's a height yeah. advantage, of course. Um, it's useful in mm-hmm. controlling, literally, reference this situation in every single one, protesters or dangerous situations, because you, they can't move a 1,800-pound creature out of the way without feeling super scared. And, like, it just feels like the police are given, like, a lot more power because mm-hmm. people can't move, <laughs> and like, a horse out of the way, but you can, it's in the true, same yeah. way, like, kind of move a police officer out of the way or something like that. Uh, one cop said he had to defuse a fight in Queens Park on his horse and half of the group ran away and the other half asked to pet the horse. <laughs> so 
so this brings up the other side of things, which is that horses <laughs> like, like diffuse tension and diffuse like tense situations in some of mm. these issues. He says that um, something about horses like yeah. brings calmness to places, brings a calm energy, and like they have experimented with. They should just like bring golden horses <laughs> with them instead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be a better solution. <laughs> be warm and yeah. fluffy. So attract the children like everyone people that you need to arrest oh like and the robber is like oh look at that retriever (laughs) (laughs) i love it i think horses i they it seems like they have the same effect so they put horses in areas which are like unsafe or recently had like some sort of like stabbing or some sort of incident and they says that it helps people feel safer and crime goes down for a couple of days after they have placed the horse in the area and like been like a oh, visible good. thing yeah I... <laughs> oh, good i'm glad we're addressing the root of the problem just put a horse there and it's fine it's for a couple fine. of days just keep putting the horse there every three days just, just a horse you sure don't need things fine we don't need to address the reason I... of the crime we'll just put mm, a horse and there like oh it makes the crime go away policing it's a different way of policing is what they call it a different way <laughs> you know it's beautiful so uh, maneuvering through crowds is easier when or, uh, when you're on a horse. One example, one positive example of this is that it clears the way for ambulances in a crowd. And one of the examples for this is when the Raptors won and there was like that big parade slash celebration on like oh, every yeah, street yeah. of Toronto and there was a shooting. And the horses led the way and cleared the path for the ambulance. Hmm. I, Yeah, Fair totally. Enough. I feel like maybe for an ambulance, people would be pretty good at getting out of the way for an ambulance but i know i was just thinking that like an ambulance is already like a big machine mm-hmm. but i guess it's good that to have just the drive extra, right through a crowd help of the horses I feel like an I ambulance guess. is already yeah i know but like driving a car through a crowd i feel like could be also difficult like maybe i think the horses probably did help in this situation because maybe mm-hmm. with horses okay. you can get a better sense of like direction of where they're trying to go because you can like see where its head is moving and stuff like that but with an ambulance it's like It's like they're just sirening. They're just moving. And like maybe it could be confusing. The crowds were big. I wasn't there. (laughs) I feel like maybe the horses did have a little bit of a positive effect there. They're yeah. Anyways, they're they're just kind of there. They're visible. Intimidation tactic Mm -hmm. for sure. And um, also cops on horses have the same power as cops in cars. And they often issue tickets for public drinking, distracted driving and gathering during COVID. They made so much money off of COVID public gatherings ridiculous amounts of money and they were like this article that i read was like now is a better time than ever to advocate for police horses because they're like we're making money off people like breaking the law and off people gathering Mm. like outdoors in public places in groups larger than Mm. 10 or something like that and like not keeping their social distance so yeah on the opposite end (laughs) they're friendly and approachable why okay why i don't understand why the police force makes money off of crime i think that's the most backwards way to position if you want to eradicate something if you want to get rid of something you shouldn't make money off it oh you should get money that's for so true the less you yeah. know what I, like it doesn't yeah, make sense it's like they're getting like, a reward they're just gonna create yeah. crime yeah if you arrest more people you get more money you're just gonna start arresting more people for like things and then you don't want to eradicate crime because you're making money yeah. off of crime it does it's not a good business no, model. it's not because you always want to get more money like our society first of all yeah. society is literally run by money so to be getting money yeah. from people who are breaking the law it just doesn't make any sense no, yeah, that's such a good point. I never looked at it like that. 
Yeah, oh, <laughs> um, a lot of people say that the cops are much more approachable on a horse than in their cars or on a bike. They call this the community charm offense, <laughs> defense, I don't know, because they're charming. And uh, yeah, different way of policing. There was also this little moment in time where there was trading cards of horses in Toronto. And this was like a secret underground passion project that these women, um, Anne DeHass and Dorothy Keith, who oh. like loved men in uniform and they loved horses. <laughs> so they mm. they took like photographs wherever they could of the horses and of the people like riding the horses and stuff like that. And they made like Pokemon cards for the horses and printed out 3000 of each horse and then gave them to the cops. And the cops would hand them out to children or like if you were lucky enough to strike up a good conversation with them, then they would give you like a trading card and you can't buy them anywhere. You can only get them from like, yeah, so it's super rare, super cute. And like, I know, I kind of loved it. I was like, ah, that's such a pure little like thing. This is like, that's probably the most wholesome aspect of (laughs) cops (laughs) and like the most sweet part maybe of being a cop is because like it's like brings out the emotional side of like oh you have a bond with the Mm. horse and like it's an innocent animal and like something about horses like being around and surveilling is better than just like a cop surveilling for some reason like psychologically Mm. it has yeah it has a little bit of a it's an mm-hmm, animal mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of innocence yeah exactly it makes you forget about like all the shit that cops do and you're like a horse mm-hmm. oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um this guy said um after 20 years of policing he'd been approached by the public the most while on horseback mm-hmm. and um he often patrols near sick kids hospital and allows the children the opportunity to connect with the horses and he said that there's a saying that there's something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a person oh that's kind of cute i know i gotta wonder if that like approachability thing is is because people think that cops on horses aren't the same as real cops you know like it's the same same as like cops on bikes when i see cops on bikes i'm like you don't have the same authority. <laughs> like, you're on yeah, a bike. Yeah, literally. I'm like, just try to chase yeah. me. <laughs> just try to chase me down. <laughs> they didn't even give you a car. Like, Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if it's yeah, that mentality, they do have the too. Same... People think that, like, cops on horses are there, like, not to enforce yeah. law, but they're to just, like, be like, look at my pretty horse. Be a presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. public image. Um, I read another article just, like, arguing about the usefulness and the not usefulness of having police on horses Mm -hmm. and they were saying that a lot of the times if they need to issue like a legit ticket for speeding or for something like that they can't do it because they don't have a computer system on a horse so they actually have to dispatch somebody else to come to the scene of the crime or whatever and like no it's not (laughs) (laughs) like they can hand out like i don't know like a parking ticket maybe like just put it on your dash or something like that but a lot of the big ticket items big ticket crimes Mm -hmm. they don't you like, log just run, it somewhere. you know? I guess, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't just, like, get a, you, they can't just be, like, 20 bucks, please, yeah. you know? Yeah, and people have been talking about, like, the pointlessness of the mounted, or- mounted unit for years, I feel like. And overall, like, taking emotions out of it, I'm not really sure that they serve a huge mm. purpose. Like, I, I would feel bad if the horses would have to be, like, separated from their owners. And if, like, something were to happen to the horses, I'd be like, oh, my fucking God, that's so sad. But, like, outside of that, they're not really there for any 
good mm-hmm. reason. They're really there just in case. Yeah. You know? And it's like, how? Why? Are, just why? It's just so much freaking money. They spend $5.5 million a year on pretty much only salaries for the people. And then, like, the actual horse cost for 26 horses is, like, 100 k Not even that bad. But the entire police budget is, like... 1.06 billion dollars yeah. or something like that so it's literally just the tiniest sliver yeah. out of the horse department so maybe they can afford to keep it but also they put like so much less money towards other initiatives mm. than they do towards the horse unit so it's like okay maybe we can get rid of the horse unit and then put that money towards other initiatives but who's to say that they're not just going to take that 5.5 yeah. million and just like put it into something else you know like they're yeah. just Maybe it's better off that we have like this looming presence of cute horses and police officers, <laughs> like instead the lesser of them evils. just absorbing the money. Yeah, it's the le- yeah <laughs> exactly, and putting it towards like non-useful things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I put I heard a quote the other and day that was, "The devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't know." Dude, exactly, and that's the devil that we don't know. What are they going to exactly. do with that money? You might as well have Wasted the devil that you know and like devil cute horses. And cops that can't really do anything. <laughs> Disable the cops. Pretty much. <laughs> Get them all yeah, on horses. Exactly. Actually, let's eradicate police cars. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only horse cops from now on. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at this... Okay, yeah. So that's like the more that side mm-hmm. of it. But on the other side of it, I don't... I, I Deep down, I don't want to get rid of the horses because yeah. I like seeing it's them. It's kind of cute. I like to see them on the street. It's so cute. And I'm like, oh, a little horsey. But at the same time, if I were to never see a horse on the street again, I probably wouldn't miss them. It's just the idea that yeah. they might disappear that I'm like really sad about. But if like a kid who grew up in the city never saw a horse yeah. on, they wouldn't give a shit. It's not. It's not yeah. And also like if they didn't tell super... you that they were getting rid of them, you wouldn't notice, right? You would just like. No, I would have no idea. But if they told us that they were getting like, rid of no. the horses, there would be a protest. There would be a petition. <laughs> um, yeah. And the crowd control aspect is nice. But also they are putting the horses in danger. Mm-hmm. Here are a couple of examples. Um, at one point a few years ago, some kids aimed fireworks <gasps> at a horse. Yeah. And it hit the officer. He didn't get oh, injured good. or anything. It was oh, okay. But yeah. And then another police horse was, well, like I was saying at the beginning in the in the opener that um, she was punched in the face by a drunk girl. Super sad. She was fine. Yeah. Because like that's so fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and then. the human in the oh, face, this one's not the horse. So innocent. He yeah, doesn't deserve that. Literally. He's doing his job. He's literally just doing his unpaid job. <laughs> yeah. He gets paid in apples. <laughs> like. <laughs> Aw, horses are so cute. And then in 2020, uh, at the Queen's Park riots, Uh, a police horse had its eye poked out by protesters. And now police horses wear, like, riot gear over their eyes because they, like, don't want to risk that shit happening again. Is that so fucking sad? Which is so sad because, like, the horses don't deserve that. Like, cops are doing no. crappy things and then sitting on horses, and then the horses get the brunt of it. Like, the if cops are doing shitty things, the cops should get the brunt of it, not, like, these animals that were yeah. forced to be there. Like, poke the cop's eye out, you know? Yeah, Come on, guys. exactly. Come on. Not the horse. Direct <laughs> your violence your at a- the right yes. person. Horses. Yeah. I know. I feel bad. The nice thing, though, is that after 20 years of service, they can retire oh, and God. chill in a pasture somewhere. Wow. <laughs> after almost their entire like 80% life. of yeah. their life. Yeah. 
they can chill out. But at this point, I just feel like we're pretending horses still have like legit purposes to serve in society. You know, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. The horse isn't going to get hurt. It's not going to get its feelings hurt if it is out of a job. No, it's not it's gonna okay. Like, oh, I did a bad. It's going to be I like, oh, wow, a field. Oh. I get to eat all day. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Fucking great. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like they used to do stuff for society. But at this point, like we have cars. Yeah. Like it's cool that they're a walking part of history, but is it is it really necessary? Mm-hmm. I am not convinced that it is. They've been useful in a couple of situations, and a lot of people say that absolutely they're useful because they're making money off of the tickets that the police officers will like put out and stuff like that. Some of the aspects are super cute, but like it's mostly just like a it's yeah it's like a show yeah you know it's mostly just about having a horse there it's like and if it's practical in like one situation that doesn't mean that like that's the only situation it's practical and how often is there riots in toronto (laughs) that we need that we constantly need to have horses around just in case we need to crowd control yeah there's not that many riots in toronto maybe protests but like (laughs) You don't need a horse to control a protest if it's a peaceful protest. No. But yeah, riots don't yeah, really happen exactly. that often. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I gotta believe that the police force has got to find some way at being effective without being violent and without using intimidation. Like, I just... Yeah. They gotta figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a big issue with yeah. them. Stop dragging innocent animals into your shit, dude. Yeah. And, like, like, learn how to do your job without intimidation. Yeah, or, like, being yeah. violent. Yeah, anyways, cops cops don't work. Yeah. Police horses are a strange um, anomaly in all that it, system. So, it's, it just doesn't... I, I, yeah, I know. And it's, so like, random. it's not enough money to, like, really, like, fight to get rid of them. But it's like they don't do enough good or bad to so weird <laughs> have any sort of like weird opinion on them. They just kind of exist. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, to end it off, yes. um, I have a little uh, funny anecdote for sure. you guys. Um, so a couple of years ago, I think in 2020, there was a horse seen trotting through downtown Toronto without a rider. Aww. Only its police vest to indicate that it was like a part of the cop. Just doing his parole. Like, trotting through, and, yeah. And then what surprised people the most is that it seemed to be obeying the rules of the road. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with that. Isn't that so funny. Like it wasn't going crazy. It was just. It was just He's trotting like red along light? the side of the road. Red light. A stop. I wait. A stop at red light. That's so cute. That's so pure. And it's like it like turns right. It like goes into the middle to turn left. And they said it only went against oncoming traffic once, but it was to cross the road so it could get back to the stable. It was going home. That is so cute. They're so pure. pure. Why are they being hijacked by? I know. Like horses don't deserve bad institution. Yeah, that's that's the end. So, in conclusion, I guess the opinion started off as like, "Oh, this is kind of sad." that these horses are doing this and it ended with defund the police so as does most things overall productive yeah (laughs) Yeah. productive Productive talk it was a good talk i mean like it's such a little thing and it's like 
oh man we should take a microscope to like everything every little thing that the cops are spending their money yeah. on and try to figure out like why because this is 5.5 5 million dollars which is you know as they said in the news just a tiny sliver yeah just a sliver honestly, of their budget I support- what other slivers of their budget can we use i support this budget spending more than most of them i'd rather them <laughs> buy more horses than more weapons like it seems yeah that's a good point because horses are peaceful animals yeah. deep down yeah. like they horses don't won't like like i think a horse like kicked someone yeah once, like queen's but... homecoming yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know don't aggravate the horse like mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's, I guess yeah. this is one of the more like pure and positive aspects of Police. policing, even though it doesn't do a lot. But maybe that's what we need. Maybe we just need cops that don't do it. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> give them less capacities. Yes, exactly. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Horses don't need jobs. all for us this week everybody thank you so much for paying attention to these talks and thank you so much for coming and listening and you know spending time with us we love spending time with you guys and if you want to spend more time with us you can find us on instagram at very.unimportant.people and you can find us at twitter uh, at the unimportant <laughs> ppl you can email us please email us if you have any musicians that you know who want to be on the podcast we would love to have their music in the beginning middle and end of the podcast mm-hmm. Um, so that's haterscliquehere at gmail.com h-a-t-r-s clickhere at gmail.com you can also find us on Patreon and uh, little did you know we actually record the podcast via video every week and it let me tell you Having a visual aspect to a podcast, it adds a lot. Mm-hmm. You get facial expressions. You get hand movements. Lots you of get hand. So, We are hand Yeah, talkers. we talk a lot with our hands. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you get to see my new nails. <laughs> There's a lot of good coming out of that, okay? Um, so, yeah, you can uh, go on our Patreon. Only $3, baby! Woo! And you get a lot of cool stuff. And um, where else can you find us? yeah (laughs) how could we forget yeah of course of course go find us on tiktok we post funny stuff highlights every week and have a great